I don't know how people who write like reverse harem do it. I, I did one like MFM book once and it was, I was constantly, I actually, <laughs> I got those little uh, sketch, um, you know, those wooden figurines that people use for sketching and human, mm-hmm. human anatomy yes. modeling and stuff like that. And I was playing with them like Barbies, like trying to like, okay, whose foot is where? And if there's three people tangled up like this, then who's back as to whom and where is your hand going and I was because I was couldn't figure out the technicality of trying to describe everything welcome to steam scenes the podcast about wait hold on sure sex is well sexy but it's also sassy and it's silly and it's fun hi I'm El Greco and I write steamy romance On my podcast, Steam Scenes, I'm joined by my fellow romance authors for some explosive, (laughs) see what I did there, conversations on writing all the naughty bits. Sit back, relax, and join us for some scintillating conversation on Steam Scenes. Today on Steam Scenes, we're joined by author Nikki Kay. Nikki writes contemporary romance that has been called steamy romantic comedy. Amazon considers it humorous erotica. The distinction between the two may may be debated in this very podcast. Um, Think Gilmore Girls with sex, which is probably one of my favorite shows on TV. So yay. Nikki, welcome to Steam Scenes. Thank you for being here. Thank you so much for having me. (laughs) There's that that's what she said kind of moment. Sorry. Yeah. Um, I'm sorry. I keep, I, I record in my closet lately. So, which is hilarious. Um, partly because my kid is pandemic schooling from home and she's uh-huh. in high school and her zoom class does not need to hear me discussing steam scenes. <laughs> I'm in a soundproof theater room, um, with, uh, like professional mic and everything, but I still took 20 minutes to get my, get my technology started out. But that's okay, because we're here now. We're together Yay. now. Like, every good romance, we had our, our angst and our struggles. That's right. And yet now we are together. Our dark moment has passed. Yes, yes. And now we can have all the fun bits. Um, so, and that's what we're going to talk about, the fun bits. So. <laughs> <laughs> there, there was a book actually a couple years ago that was called, I think, All the Fun Bits, and a bunch of authors just put together all their sex scenes. I had no idea. It was wonderful. It was, oh, it was I'm a bunch of big authors. Up. I think it was called the fun bits or the, the the all the naughty bits or something like that. And it was it was basically just an anthology of sex scenes. Okay, I'm looking that up when we are done. Thank you for that. <laughs> I had no idea this existed. So okay, let's just jump in and sort of answer the big question: When did you realize you wanted to become a writer? Um, I. It's funny because I still don't think of myself as a writer but I technically I've probably been writing professionally off and on for 30 odd years which is uh, aging me somewhat (laughs) but I I mean I um I always had other career ambitions I was always going to do something else and but writing was something I always did on the side I guess I worked for a newspaper in high school and then in college, I was doing journalism, not like as my major, but I was working freelance. And then when I was in college, and we're talking last millennium here, uh, I started writing romance. And I was reading it a lot at the time and decided to try writing it. And was very involved in an online community and joined RWA and did all the things that, uh, you know, a person in their 20s mid-20s who was really gung-ho about something would do and I had a great editor a great agent and my stuff was out with editors editors had requested things from me based on queries and partials but my voice was um too too quirky it was too quirky it was the Gilmore Girls uh backlash I guess it was too quirky at the time for the market and then I ended up going away to grad school for a PhD program in another country. And that basically sucked any time I had up yeah. for writing. That was as grad school was want to as do. As grad yeah. school was want to do. I mean, I sort of left 
uh, I hadn't even been there until I moved there. And um, I was lucky to be able to read for fun, much less write for fun. Right. Yes. So, so that, and then life happens, right? Life yep. after grad school and then moving uh, other places and then getting married and having kids and all of a sudden, you know, 10, 15 years have gone by and you're like, what the hell just happened? <laughs> so what brought you back to it then? Um, honestly, it was, um, I had been wanting to write a nonfiction book, uh, a niche nonfiction book. And I had a long conversation with a girlfriend of mine back from the old, old days, um, who was a published author in a bunch of different genres now. And she mentioned self-publishing to me as something to give a shot because my agent had retired after 50 years in the business. That's selfish. But, um, and so I decided to sort of try self-publishing and I learned it as a sort of trial by fire with this nonfiction book. And the process of doing that reminded me how much I loved writing in general. Mm. And then I thought to myself, well, self, what, what would your romance voice be now? You know, after all of life happening, you know, what, what would it sound like now? And so I had an idea in my head and I tried to write it. And then that was kind of the beginning of the end or the beginning of the beginning, <laughs> the, did, the, the end of the beginning. I, I'm not sure, but did, did you find your voice changed? Yes, absolutely changed completely changed all that quirkiness that um I think was there before that I hadn't recognized was part of my voice was just okay. all over the place it was just quirk to no end um then it took me a, oh, at least a year to actually come to terms with it because I I felt as though it shouldn't be my voice which I know sounds very strange but it wasn't fitting the market. And um, the publicist I had at the time, uh, I was recommended to by a, a big author who, and she wanted me to be a little more like that author. And I just couldn't do it. And it was really hard for me to turn off that, that inherent um, quirkiness in my voice, the, the, the tendency towards banter and puns and uh just wordplay and stuff like that the Gilmore Girls factor the Gilmore Girls factor right right. which is really funny because I mean one of the things that I've I think at least based on like various not author groups that I'm in but actual reader groups you know um that I'm in or or I should say I troll because I don't I'm always too nervous to sort of like jump in, which um, is sort of weird. But You're lurking, um, lurking, not trolling. Yeah, lurking. I don't troll. God, I'm not a troll. Sorry, lurk. I lurk. That's the word. Um, they they talk about how much they love the banter between the characters. You know, honestly, that's never about. I mean, they like the steam. They like the steam, but it's really about the the banter between the hero and the heroine. Well, I think where I. Um... I don't want to say made a name for myself, but have distinguished myself is I have a lot of banter during the steamy scenes. And yes, I, you do. I, I've so had fun. some people sort of um, email me and be like, I, I really wasn't supposed to laugh out loud during the sex scenes. Was I? <laughs> they felt bad about it. And I said, no, go ahead. That's, I mean, don't you ever laugh out loud when you're having sex? Right. I mean, yeah, most I mean, people do. Yeah. That's just reality. Yeah. Yeah. So um, as much as I would love it to be all flowery and lyrical and, um, you know, the the literary equivalent of a couple running together in the grassy field and, you know, embracing each other. It's not. It's not. It's 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 a little more um, uncomfortable, but in yeah. a funny way. Yeah. Yeah, it is. It's awkward. I mean, sex, oh, yeah. you know, sex can be super awkward, especially if it's the first time that you're with somebody or, um, you know, just funny things happen, weird things happen. Um, you, you know, I mean, I, oh God, no, I can't say it. Never mind. I, I, I can say, I can say lots of things. My first time, yeah. I, my, um, my now husband, uh, he, 
whacked me in the face with his head <laughs> and I my nose was bleeding all <gasps> over the place and we were in a hotel we were in a fancy hotel and I went through every single white towel that we had in our oh. bathroom trying to staunch the flow of my damn nose and then we left the mall in the bathtub afterwards and poor housekeeping I don't know what they thought happened in there <laughs> just brutal i almost had a black eye afterwards oh my god it was and but i mean you gotta stop in the middle then and and take care of the bloody no yeah yeah Yeah. that didn't make it any more any less romantic it was you know it was lovely and beautiful and intimate but there was blood involved (laughs) the first time my husband my now husband and i got together we're in my apartment and he like, I don't know what the hell happened, but he like picked me up and he threw me. Oh, that's charming. Um, I'm sure it's the, romantic. Like, very onto romantic. the bed. But the problem was he didn't know his own strength. And I was like really, really light at the time, like really light. So I actually ended up flying kind of over the bed and landing on the other side <laughs> on the floor <laughs> with a giant thud that pissed off my old Italian neighbors that lived below me. So oh, they no. started banging on the ce- on their ceiling with a broom. At least you didn't hit the wall or something. <laughs> I know. <laughs> so it's like, you know, mishaps. Yeah, that's what happens. I mean, I, yeah, th- this is reality. And yeah. romance is, is, reading romance is for escapism, certainly. Um, people love it to imagine their own lives as different or uh, better or whatever you want to call it. But the reality of uh, any kind of intimacy is that it usually involves some discomfort, whether that be, you know, bruising or um, (laughs) lacerations. (laughs) Lots of blood. Yeah. So I, what what drew you what what drew you to the romance genre? Oh, because I think I guess I was always a romantic at heart. Yeah. Yeah. I um I I grew up on classic romance literature. Like I think I was about six, and I went into yeah, I think it was grade one, and I went into the university bookstore after school and used my own allowance to buy a copy of Jane Eyre. And I still have, I still have that copy on my bookshelf. Wow. Um, and I remember using um, Scholastic. Uh, do you remember Scholastic book orders? I do. Oh, of course you do. I Every, do. Everybody should. We still use them for our children. Yes, we um, do. <laughs> um, and I got a, a copy of Little Woman. And uh, I would act out. I actually got hoop skirts and things made for my Barbies. Um, and that's I, cool. I acted out Gone with the Wind and Pride and Prejudice with my Barbies. Um, oh, I, we would have been great friends when we were kids. <laughs> I mean, I, I, I wasn't, I wasn't the kind of kid who like would, you know, cut off all of one Barbie's hair and then make it, you know, kiss the other Barbie. Um, I would just have them parading around in, in Regency costumes and hoop skirts and Fantastic. acting out classic books. So... Um, I think I was always drawn to romance that way, uh, a lot of period stuff. But then when I was in high school, I got a job at the local library. And one of the great things about it was that you could take out however many books you wanted and there was no due date. It was, it was dangerous, very dangerous. But all of a sudden I started loading up my cubby with Harlequins and Silhouette and, um, Avon historicals and, Nora Roberts, because there were a hundred of Nora Roberts on the shelves that I could, you know, make my way through. Right. And um, just between that and then living near used bookstores, and it just became the thing that I read. Does any, um, do any of the romances, like, stand out for to you and any of the early ones that you read as maybe inspiration or influence? Um... Some of my, some of the historicals made an impact um, because I think because of the humor in them, uh, like a lot of the Avon historicals uh, at the time, uh, Julie Quinn and Sabrina Jeffries and Eloisa James and uh, Teresa Medeiros. I remember reading 
uh, Teresa Medeiros, A Breath of Magic, I think it was. Um, the heroine turned out to be a witch or something. And I remember laughing out loud at this and thinking, this, this is awesome. I, it was hard to separate the, the pleasure of reading it from the pleasure of laughing while reading it. Right. And you make that connection in your mind of I'm reading this book that's actually literally making me laugh out loud. And it becomes a whole body experience. Right. And right. I just thought that was so great. I I thought if you can't, I mean, it's like losing yourself in a movie, I suppose, the same way, um, which was more my business at that time. Um. So, right, and I, I couldn't lose myself in movies very well um, because it is it because my... you were working in it? Can you say what you did, or is that sort of um, like eh, I'd rather not? Well, I mean, I did I did a bunch of stuff, but um, I worked in film production. I uh, taught film uh, okay. at the college level. Uh, I worked for the UN doing uh, communication and film stuff um I I was kind of all over the place but it was always since I was a kid I planned to be in film and so reading was for fun it wasn't Mm. work um but I always I was always um because I was critiquing movies and teaching movies and stuff like that I had that distance from it that I think I didn't have when I was reading so I was able to lose myself in books easier than I was in movies. Okay. That makes so, sense. So yeah, just the, the joy of reading something that you get so wrapped up in that you start crying or you start laughing um, just from words on a page that are resonating in your own uh, soul or whatever you want to call it. Oh, I love that. Just uh, I thought was fantastic. It didn't occur to me that I could do that. But I okay. loved the experience of it as a reader. <laughs> when did it occur to you that you could do that? Um, I guess probably around the same time that I was really discovering it consciously as a reader. I think I, I did at that point think, oh, you know what? I would love to try to see what it would be like to make people feel like that. Mm. And I really, I can't pinpoint the, the actual decision or time, but I, I guess I was always a creative person and this was just another manifestation of that. And my, um, I think my boyfriend at the time who turned out to be my husband was sort of saying to me like, you're reading all these books. Why don't you do something productive with that time instead? I'm like, okay, I'll try writing them. He's like, that's not what I meant, but okay. (laughs) Great idea. <laughs> well, the the funny thing is that um, at the time, academically, I was doing a lot of research um, in porn. I was uh, I was doing some really actually cutting edge research in the porn industry. And That's excellent. So I um, I was in this weird space of researching porn and then reading romance novels. And somewhere in my head, I think I probably wanted to try and find the middle ground. That's really cool. I did my MFA thesis on um, burlesque, so oh, I excellent. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I... With you. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, I, I, I did most of my most of my work was on uh, sort of the business of it. Yeah. Uh, which was something that people hadn't really looked at at that point. This was like late 90s, early 2000s. And there was lots of work on, you know, porn and violence or porn and feminism or various things like that. But not, well, let's see, why does it make money? How is the business mm-hmm. structured? And the internet, internet porn was just kind of really getting going at that time. So it was a really interesting time to be looking at the business itself. That's really pretty fascinating. Yeah. But then trying to teach it, um, you do, I did become totally desensitized to it. And, um, but at the same time, reading romance novels, I was not desensitized to. Those were still making me feel something. 
Right, right. Well, I think there's, uh, I mean, there's a difference, even, even erotica versus, you know, sort of porn or especially nineties, late nineties, early 2000 porn. I think porn has come pretty far over the past 20 years in terms of, you know, male gaze versus female gaze. Mm -hmm. I mean, you know, you know, there is, there seems to be, um, more female filmmakers now, or at least, you know, uh, and, and so it's definitely changed the dynamic for women who want to view porn. But I think definitely back then there was a very much a a removal, um, between, between porn and romance. And I would say even with erotic writing, I, I still don't consider that porn in a traditional sense, which I know some people do. No, I don't either. And, and, um, it's funny when I started writing, um, I was telling my mother about what I was, I mean, more recently, like a few years ago, I was writing stuff that was definitely racier or whatever you want to call it. And my mother was just horrified. And I says, mom, it's fiction. It's fiction. (laughs) Believe me, it's fiction. And people would ask her, you know, like, well, what does your daughter do now that she's you know, not teaching anymore or something. And she, she would just sort of go whisper. She, she writes porn. <laughs> I'm like, mom, it's not porn. Really? It's not porn. I, I don't want to have these lessons with you, but it's not. Porn. <laughs> not the conversation I would like to have with my, my mom. <laughs> <laughs> no. The irony of course, is that I, I probably got into romance because of her collection of Daniel Steele books or Judith Krantz or, you know, whatever was hovering around the house at the time. (laughs) Sydney Sheldon. Oh yeah. Sydney Sheldon. Uh... Oh, I still have, I still have some old Sydney Sheldon and and Daniel Steele paperbacks, like my favorites that I just could not bear to get rid of. Yeah. I, I actually have lost them, but I, I, I bought a few for Kindle for my Kindle. Cause I was like, I just want to have these because every once in a while it's good to go back to it. It is a very different way of writing though. It's very, it's funny it to see how the writing evolved from back then to now. Well, and, and going back to sort of how my voice changed, that's what I discovered was really different now too, is when I was writing before I was writing third person sort of um, not head hopping like I tend to stay in one character's head for one chapter at a time or one scene at a time but um, when I started writing again now I was writing in first person Mm. which was a very different manifestation of my voice because there was less filter right there was um, there wasn't the same kind of barrier in the way of interior dialogue and stuff like that so it ended up being um, certainly like a male POV was so much fun to write because really, yeah, I love it. I love writing men. And I always told I myself, still struggle I would, with that. Oh, I always told myself I'd love to do like a whole book in just, just the hero's POV because they are, they think men think so stupidly sometimes. <laughs> I mean, not, not that women don't women do, but I think women are quicker to sort of, um, catch themselves mm-hmm. and okay, sort yep. of uh, second guess what they're about to say or what they do say and sort of go, oh, damn it, I shouldn't have said that. Yeah. Whereas men are just like, what, what, what was wrong with what I said? I, I, I said what I thought. What is wrong with that? <laughs> there is no course correction in the No, no, that. exactly. <laughs> exactly. It's just complete flight navigation error. <laughs> so, so that's fun. That's fun to write that. So to you, I mean, to you, because I know this is, it's a very subjective thing, but to you, what makes an intimate scene good? And it can be, you know, when I say intimate, it can be sex or it cannot be sex because sometimes there's intimacy without sex. Oh, sure. Um, I mean, some of the, some of the books that I read growing up had no sex in them, right? Like old Harlequin classics and things like that. They didn't have, there was no sex. There might've been like a, 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 quivering feeling in your stomach and then you know it was all over fade to black or whatever but um I think intimacy whether it's sex or whether it's emotional intimacy in a book uh to my mind is 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 about honesty and being able to relate to the characters uh like I said being able to be drawn in by it and feeling as though you're 
not just like a reader or a voyeur, but you're part of the book or you can mm. picture yourself in the character's position or you want to be in those characters' positions. And um, stuff that's not so technical, like this... <sighs> I find a lot of a lot of sex scenes can be very technical, right? Especially yes. I don't know how people who write like reverse harem do it. I, <laughs> I did one yeah. like MFM book once and it was I was constantly I actually <laughs> I got those little uh sketch um you know those wooden figurines that people use for sketching and human mm-hmm. human anatomy modeling yes. and stuff like that. And I was playing with them like Barbies, like trying to like, okay, whose foot is where? And if there's three people tangled up like this, then whose back is to whom? And where is your hand going? And I was, cause I was, couldn't figure out the technicality of trying to describe everything. Yeah. And I think that's where it can get, you can get bogged down in that stuff, but intimacy in romance is about the characters not what they're doing in my opinion you could probably have the most intimate scene in a romance in which there's no action at all like they're sitting on a couch talking and it could be uh, devastatingly intimate because they're you're ideally the characters are just completely opening themselves up and being vulnerable to each other and pressing buttons that they don't want pressed. So when you're writing and moving from like intimacy to the actual steamy scene, do you have a process for that? (laughs) Um, Other than just sit down and do it until the end. (laughs) (laughs) Why would you put, why do you put it out? Cause I have my own, I have my own quirks and issues with this. So I'm always like, okay, how do you, how do other writers do it? Like, that's the whole purpose of my, of this podcast. Like, I want to know how you guys do it. I, I guess, no, I don't, I don't put it off. I know people who do that. They'll write everything else and then they'll go back and they'll write the, the, the steamy scenes. I love my, um, my, my all caps, bold insert sex scene here, <laughs> which sometimes I leave in and my editor's like, oh, really? Oh, really? <laughs> See, and I probably would do that, but I'd probably leave it in just as part of my banter or something like that. I I think what I do is I try to structure or write, write scenes and chapters and interactions that naturally fall into it. So it isn't like a sudden... Um, one minute they're out for dinner, the next minute they're banging in the back of a limo. You know, it's it, right. or something slightly more romantic than that, I suppose. But no, sometimes not. But I try to set it up, I suppose. So my process for it is I, I almost, while I'm writing it, I'm getting myself there uh, mentally so that it does naturally just happen as part of a previous conversation or a part of a previous uh, emotional interaction. Right. So it's, it's not hard to write. Um, but I, that said, I do try and get through writing it faster than other stuff. <laughs> <laughs> I don't linger on it. Um, I mean, I'm not saying I sort of, you know, highlight, oh, tab A into slot B here and elaborate. But um, I, I won't spend weeks on it. I won't spend weeks on writing a love scene because then I think you start to overthink it. Absolutely. And when you overthink it, it loses its connection with, uh, I think it loses some of that intimacy. Yeah. I think the intimacy comes from the unguardedness of it and the spontaneity of it on some level. I do think, and I'm wondering what, what you, what you feel about this, particularly because you kind of like, you kind of bridge that romance, like erotic romance, erotica, you know, divide, right? Like you, you're kind of, you, and, and so I, 
I'm just kind of wondering, like, sometimes I feel like the choreography of it, like you were saying, insert tab A into slot B, like be, when you're writing a little bit more erotically, you do need to have some of that. You do need to sort of paint that visual, but, but there's a, like, there's a fine line and a, and a way to balance, right? Like, how do you get that balance right? Because your balance is very good. I, I have, I don't even know what that balance looks like. I only know when I fall off the beam, essentially. Okay. Um, I, I, I'd love to hear from other people who have read my stuff what they think that balance is because I have heard that from people and I don't see it myself. I don't know what they're referring to. Um, I think what I... The balance that I try to find with the choreography, as you say, is that... It's, it's still happening within a context, right? There, there isn't a disconnection between people's, between the characters' emotions and what they're physically feeling, right? There, oh, there yeah. Is, you know, because sometimes I feel like you read scenes that um, it's like it's all happening in their heads or it's either, it's either, either all happening in their heads or all happening in their bodies. And it's not that often that you actually read steamy scenes in which the two planes of existence or whatever you want to term it as are really synced up. And a lot of the time, the things that characters might be feeling emotionally are just as ugly and uncomfortable and stupid as what their bodies are doing. Right. And vice versa. So I think I have one scene in one book where the um, the heroine just kind of basically yells at the hero for going too fast because she's like, dude, it's been a while. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I know you're excited and everything, but it hurts. And that's reality, right? But it right. doesn't, it, that's part of the intimacy. Right. It doesn't stop them, doesn't slow them down. It, um, well, it slows them down a little bit, I suppose, but it's also a, a point of, wait a second, we're doing something together here and it's not just about you and it's not just about me. So let's just slow down for a second and consider each other. Oh, I love that. Do you know what I mean? It's, I it's, yeah, I do. it's, um, I guess I find that balance in context, right? right? It doesn't happen in a bubble. So I want to dig into your intimate scene, um, oh, which pretty. I know. I'm, this is the part I hate. Why? Why do you make people do this? <laughs> because I, I don't know, because I think that it's so great to sort of be able to say, okay, the, re reading this little bit, it really grabbed me and then say, okay, well, what was your process here? Like, what were you thinking about? What is, what is the purpose of this? What, you know, like. You do realize like, really that I hadn't reread any of this until you forced me to. I'm I don't, sorry. I don't reread stuff. I don't read stuff after I've written it. Even through, like, you, well, you mean like when you've been through edits and all of that, or is yeah. it? Yeah. Yeah. Well, you, you I don't even away. really go through a lot of edits. Yeah, I know. I'm I, honestly, I'm sorry. I am the same way. Once I finish a book and I'm done with the edits, like the thought of having to reread something, especially if I'm writing in a series and I'm like, oh, I have to go back and look at this. I'm like, oh, I don't want to. But yeah. And, and, um, I think the book that you wanted to look at, I, I, I wrote that four years ago. So I barely remember the, the, I had to go back and actually reread these scenes myself because I didn't remember them. <laughs> well, it's from your book, a billion reasons, uh, a billion reasons. And can you set it up a little bit for us? Um, no. <laughs> It's, it's, um, it's a, uh, uptight billionaire falling for his sassy secretary kind of gotcha. story. Gotcha. And, um, a lot of it is that, uh, power play between them as different personalities. He's very much a control freak and she is very much not. Um, mm. and that part of her drives him crazy.
because he feels that everybody should be accountable to something and to have goals and uh, do what they can to improve themselves and meet their goals and, you know, be thinking long term and all this kind of stuff. And she's more like, you know what, my life has been such that I can't think long term and I'm just going to live life as I can. And that rigidity in him drives her crazy. So that that kind of opposite personality traits and characteristics are what fuels a lot of the intimacy in the book because they are trying to meet each other on a, on different levels. Well, let me start with, um, with this. It's not terribly long, so brace yourself. I'll just turn the earphones (laughs) off while you're doing this. No, because I'm going to talk to, I'm going to ask you about it. Okay. okay, okay. (laughs) Okay. With surprising grace, he rolled me to the floor in front of the fireplace and undid the buttons on my blouse. I pulled it off while he took off his own shirt, and my hands went to the fastening on my skirt. Gage bent over to slide my skirt down my legs. He tossed it on the couch while he slowly undid his pants. Are you sure? he asked. His hands paused at his waist. My answer was to struggle out of my bra and panties and lie there, letting the heat from his from from both his gaze and the fire lick my naked body. What I loved here was the economy of language. It was very simple, the clothes coming off. It was very, I mean, I hate to say matter of fact, but clothes have to come off in order. The clothes have to come off. They usually do. Yeah. And so, and like, I know sometimes it can take pay, and I'm guilty of this myself. It will take pay, I grip the clothes off the characters, drip. And there was something so refreshing to sort of see the clothes are off, we are naked. And I was like, oh, you can do that. That's awesome. Well, there's something to be said for taking pages to do it because that can be very metaphorical of um, it becoming naked in front of another person physically and emotionally. Right. But sometimes, yeah, the clothes just have to come off. <laughs> okay. This is going to come in two parts this next little bit. So um, the first part sh- short, when I split it, it gets a little long. I'm sorry. I'm giving you such warnings. because I'm, follow- I'm trying to follow you. along actually. <laughs> <laughs> With a tentative touch, he tested my readiness. The second he touched me, I wanted to yelp and moan, but I forced myself to be still and quiet to let him feel me. He bent over me, the hot, hard tip of his cock nudging at my entrance. He offered each of my nipples a soft, wet kiss, then rested his ear on my left breast. I can hear your heart, he said quietly, his head rising and falling with each breath I took. I'm impressed you slowed down long enough to listen. I I loved that because this was a gorgeous moment. This was an absolute gorgeous moment between the two of them. And then there's a hilarious twist that you threw out. And I was like, this is fantastic. Um, And with your writing, there is this balance of humor and intimacy and sexiness um, that I thought was really, 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 really fun to read. Um, I don't don't think it's common anymore. Like, I don't think... Um, one of the things that I always loved was, um, old screwball comedies from the thirties. Mm. Yes. And it, it is that, uh, what sexiness can you get away with just with words? Right. Because you couldn't mm. show things back then the way you can now in films. And I think that that kind of, um, that kind of model has always inspired me. What, what can you demonstrate without demonstrating it. I like that, actually. And I think that you do that well. Like, um, oh, here, I want to just keep going with this because I I thought that there are these touching moments, and this is another example, that you brush up against and then pull away from. And it just, it's, it's like riding a wave, I guess, when I'm reading it. And it's so cool. Okay. He lifted his head to look at me. Other than a faint line across his forehead, his face was smooth, washed clean of warrior fierce ambition. Jesus, Maddie, you'll be the death of me. No, I smiled. I will be the life of you, I promise. But I have health insurance through work, just in case. Now fuck me. He let out a sharp laugh, then sighed, averting his eyes. No, Madeline, I'm not going to fuck you. I stilled in shock and shame. Oh, God. This is why I shouldn't commit. It was too risky, too easy to look foolish and vulnerable. And oh my God, why did I, 
I want to make love to you, he said, interrupting my inner tailspin. My heart stretched like an overinflated balloon threatening to pop. I loved that moment. Oh, thanks. (laughs) (laughs) I'm I'm sort of reading it again, and I'm like, what was I thinking when I wrote that? (laughs) I loved that moment because you have... And I think that, I think what's great about it is it really is, it's a, I mean, it's short, it's a short bit that really shows each of those characters quite well. Now that I I think about it, you could probably just isolate that interaction and you would get to know the characters foibles pretty quickly. Yeah. Yeah. And that's what really sort of grabbed me about it. And then again, like, and then pulling the humor through Liv, the health insurance quip, which is even funnier because he's her boss, technically. Well, yeah. And she had to negotiate that in, right? So. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> she was a temp at first. So she's, you know, she's trying to make her way through HR. Yeah. So there's like, so I, I just absolutely loved that, um, that particular moment. And especially because, like I said, it told you so much about the characters in just a few sentences. Uh, okay. I, okay. I don't quite know how to respond to that, but I'm glad that, um, that it came across that way because uh, I, I wish I could say that there was purpose to what I wrote, but I think Ultimately, when I'm writing these things, I am thinking of it from the perspective of the characters and the actions and dialogue are imbued with those characters. Like I said, it doesn't, it doesn't, it's not in a bubble. It's still them. It's still going to be partly them. Because I mean, I, so I write rock star romances. And so in some of my, my books, I will kind of make play you know i'll play around with the with you know music and sex and sort of putting them together you know um you know how you play play me you know playing me like a violin not like that but you know what i mean like that oh god not that bad but (laughs) so there was a moment here um like literally two sentences that actually I snorted out my coffee when I was eating it. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> but it was so great. It was so great. We began rocking together slowly, instinctively knowing to work together as a team. Maybe we were finally mastering effective interpersonal communication. <laughs> and I was like, oh my God, this is such an office romance. <laughs> like, well, which I, she was hired because he is a shitty communicator. He's, <laughs> he's, he's kind of, um, the kind of guy who it goes for funding and he's just like asks for the money from people and doesn't say please. Mm. And, and, and she, she's sort of hired to um, finesse his, uh, his communication, his correspondence so that he's saying, please, (laughs) essentially. So So a lot of the book is about her trying to get him to say, please. (laughs) So in, so in this sort of two, these two sentences, I was very curious, was this a conscious, like, like, or, or again, was that, was this something that just came out in the course of writing because it came because of the characters? Do you know what I, do you know what I'm asking here? I'm not sure I know what I'm asking. Um, No, I think it was because of the characters. Um, Because in the back of my head, it was that, uh, hmm that work relationship that was the basis of attraction and of what they want from each other. Right. 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 Um, he wants somebody ultimately who can soften him on some level. And she wants somebody that she can, uh, I don't want to say soften, but she wants she prides herself on being able to communicate well and she loves the fact that he is so bad at it sometimes (laughs) because it makes her it makes her feel like you know what he might be this billionaire and everything but he can't say please for the life of him right he is a social misfit sometimes yeah and i can help him with that even though i don't have the same education or the same money or the same status or whatever um, I have something that he doesn't. 
Yeah. And she's able to, I guess, you know, give that to him too. Like that's, that's something that she can teach him or hold out for him. Yeah. So a lot of that scene is about her trying to bring him down to a different level Mm. and sort of say, okay, you need to let go of some of this stuff. Mm. Um, there, you know, just, 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 just relax a little bit. I know you're really intense and, I think actually one of the taglines I have for this book on Amazon is um, what if Christian Grey had a sense of humor? Oh, yes. I think that was a tagline. Yeah. 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 Because it, 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 that's kind of how I thought about it was um, a very intense kind of type A personality. Um, but being forced to recognize that you're kind of ridiculous when you act like that sometimes. (laughs) Now I had a quick question. Um, You had put into this scene and I wasn't sure if this was happening sort of like right after the scene from the extended future log, is this sort of like an epilogue and this is uh, more stuff is happening after this particular scene that I was just reading, or does this go from that scene I was reading straight into the future log? Oh no! I just I just pulled two different scenes. You pulled two different. I just scenes. pulled okay. two different scenes. The um the other scene that I sent you was from the, sort of a novella, uh, length future log epilogue ah, after okay. they had um, after they had a baby. Okay, because honestly, I thought like I'm glad that you sent it because there were just these really again like really great and really true moments especially being a parent Mm. that completely hit home and I was like oh my god I wish I had had this book like right after I had given birth like I wish I had had something like this to read and um this is a bit of a long exchange so I'm sorry but (laughs) (laughs) go guys hey it's your podcast (laughs) take a breath (laughs) or a sip of whiskey. A fire cracked and glowed in the fireplace, displacing the January cold. It said a lot about my state of mind that my first reaction wasn't, oh, how romantic, but instead, oh God, please don't tell me you had a curious crawling baby by an open fire. What was wrong with me? I used to fly by the seat of my panties. Now I was obsessed with diapers and couldn't remember what panties I was wearing. Have I changed? I asked Gage. What? He looked me up and down, his gaze still as hot as the fire a few feet away. How do you mean? Resting my forehead against his hard chest, I sighed. I don't know. I just feel so tired, hungry, horny, adult. His arms tightened around my waist, enveloping me in his warmth. That's not such a bad thing, Madeline. Some of the best people I know are adults. Silently, I considered it. What a stupid funk I was in. Maybe I was just tired, hungry, and horny. Gage put his thumbs under my jaw and tilted my head back. The desire in his eyes made my body begin to throb in response. You've had some time for you tonight, he said in a husky voice. Now how about some time for us? I blinked, trying to disconnect the mommy part of me from the Maddie part. Right now I just wanted to be a wife, a saucy sex kitten, or at the very least consider my breasts to be recreational instead of functional. With my palms on his chest, I inhaled my husband's scent. Some men smelled like spice or cologne or dust. My man smelled like a freshly ironed cotton shirt, laced with a hint of baby shampoo from bath time. If I thought Brian Gage was intoxicating before, when he was just my demanding boss, then Brian Gage, the billionaire daddy, was downright addictive. I love this moment. I loved it. I loved it so much um, because it is such, like, we've had those those times with our partners, um, and then as a woman you decide to become pregnant, then all of a sudden for nine months, your body is not completely your own. Like you're sharing it. A lot longer than nine months. Well, yeah, but I'm (laughs) children. (laughs) Plus nine months plus um, your, your body is not your own. And so it is so hard. And I think that, you know, men certainly don't understand it or you don't, it's not something that you, I think anybody can understand if they haven't been pregnant is that, you have to shut off that part to be intimate again with partners. And it can be really, really, really hard. Oh, really hard. And And I love that you think that they don't, I mean, men often don't because they don't understand that dichotomy. They, um, they're like, okay, well, you know what? The baby's asleep. Let's go. 
you know? Right, right. And you're like, well, well wait a second here. Um, I have to change gears. And it's not always that easy because your body is still doing things that are not for you. Right. 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 Like that little, that moment after like, you know, they're sort of having this very intimate sexual moment and she's thinking to herself, oh, please not now. I really want to fuck my husband and not spray him with milk like a goddamn human fire hose, which I was like, yeah, I, I get it. Again, not necessarily a sexy moment, but intimate. And honest. Yeah. Honest. Like, it was so... that the, There was that moment of honesty there that I, like, I really appreciated seeing that. And I thought... And honestly, I thought it was kind of ballsy, frankly, to have this in a... In a um, in a romance book. And I was like, yeah. Well, then that's okay. a good question. Is it a romance? I think it is. Yeah, I'd like to think so. I think it is. But I think, I think, is. The, I think it is rare to, to find some of those moments in romance because maybe it's not as escapist. Right. Maybe right. it's not as, as fantastical or, or it's not, it's not something that women fantasize about, right? Women right. don't, read books and fantasize about their milk coming down while they're having right. sex. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, maybe, I mean, you do well, okay. you, you know, that's, that that's where you get into some really sub niche erotica. Um, <laughs> you do you, <laughs> but, but it's again, it, that's, that's intimacy. Right. Right. And again, I just, I also think the reality of it, like I said, I wish that I had had this, you know, years ago when I had just had my daughter, because I was having all of the, these feelings and I have my partner and my, you know, my spouse sort of like there and being like, let's go. And I'm like, oh my God, <laughs> and I'm just like, I don't know if this body can do it anymore, you know? And it was just a very overwhelming feeling. And I felt like so not like, like there was something wrong with me, you know, because oh, what yeah. you, what you expect when you're expecting does not tell you about this. <laughs> well, and for me, it would be the guilt because sometimes I would right. still be able to hear my kids. Like I had twins. Yep. And oh, so, yeah. um, there would be times like I would, my, um, I had a nanny to help me during the day and she would arrive in the morning and my husband would want me to come back upstairs and, and snuggle, you know, snuggle, active snuggle. And, and that, that was a lovely idea, but I could sometimes, I could still hear my kids on another mm. floor and it's so hard to separate that out in your head. Yeah. And then you feel so guilty because you're like, well, am I being a bad mother right now? Or am I being a bad wife right now? What, who am I supposed to be in? What role am I supposed to be playing in this moment? Can I just be me? What is me? Am I a wife or am I a mother? Or and then you get so caught up in thinking these things and feeling various uh, conflicting emotions that you just get paralyzed. Yeah. 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 And so it was absolutely refreshing to read something that was tackling this and was talking about this, you know, and I get that we, we want the escapism and all of that, but I also think part of reading in particular, you know, um, is also to sort of have something to relate to. Well, I guess that's why I waited until the sort of optional future log to um, to put this stuff in because oh, okay. it's gotcha. not it's not uh, it's not a typical fantasy. Yeah, I it's guess. not a typical yeah. fantasy or not a typical part of a, a a burgeoning love story, right? This is this is after the happy ending. Yeah. Okay. Sure. But I, I think the I still think love stories are ongoing. Oh, for sure. Beyond the happy ending. But in you terms of I mean? the the romance beats that a reader expects. That expects. Okay. Gotcha. It, it, there, yeah. There's there's no room for breast milk in most of those. Gotcha. Beats. Gotcha. Okay. I see what I see. Okay. I completely get it. But yeah, I appreciate that you added this though because I thought it was really cool. Oh, I loved glad. it. I loved it. Well, again, it's reality. And, um, that's not always pretty or romantic. Um, no, no, but it can, 
it can be though, right? Like I like I think there is something sexy about the husband that is sort of working through it with you. Sure. Right? You know what I mean? Like kind of working through it and sort of saying like, you know, I still find you desirable. I still find you gorgeous. I still want to have this intimate moment with you. Yeah, you because know, they don't, they don't pretty... know. They haven't been through all of the body right. changes either. Right. So they're they're flailing in the dark as well because <laughs> their their partner is now attached to another person. Yep. Right? They've they've lost their their all the attention that they had before, right? right. That soul attention. And they're a completely neurotic mess at times. Right. And they're crying or they're happy and you don't know what they're thinking. And it must be very bewildering for 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 fathers and for men in that circumstance right absolutely because they can't relate yeah well this has been awesome i hope it wasn't too painful <laughs> no not at all not at all it was um only only the reading parts but that's painful for you yeah. more than anybody else <laughs> nikki where can readers find you oh generally online um my name is spelled N-I-K-K-Y-K-A-Y-E. So NikkiK.com. If you look for me on Facebook or Instagram or um, Goodreads or Amazon, you'll find me and my books. And there's links to pretty much everything. Um, that's, yeah, that's probably the best place to find me. I love getting emails. I'm not always good at, at, um, posting on social media but if you email me i'll get back to you almost right away i oh, for some excellent. reason that's one of those things that i'm much better at responding to it's too easy to fall into a rabbit hole of social media yeah <laughs> so. i agree i completely agree with that yes yeah and it's a time suck it is such a time suck i'm actually trying to um I try all these like little productivity hacks mm. like because you know i find myself particularly when i'm writing and I'm at that point in my writing where it's getting really hard and I'll be like, and I'll just automatically go to the internet and queue up like Facebook or I'll pick up my phone and look at Instagram. And I'm like, what are you doing? What are you doing? You're just, you're just trying to avoid it is what you're doing. Like, <laughs> so now I like force myself to like close out that tab and set an alarm. I, I was got this productivity hack from this neuroscientist and I like set an alarm for 10 minutes and sit with it. I'm just, I'm going to sit with that. I'm going to sit with the feeling for 10 minutes <laughs> or go back to writing during that 10 minutes, one or the other. And I usually There's various apps and software and stuff that you can install that basically will block all of those things. Yeah. But I do sometimes need to go and research and I'm not one of those people where if I like come up to something, I'll be like, Oh, I need to figure out what type of sofa this is. Like I can't put it away and go back to it later. Like I have to do it in the, mo well, in the moment. Well, that's the insert furniture description here. Yeah. <laughs> No, I can only do it with sex scenes. <laughs> oh, I see. I can only do it with sex scenes. If I because I find that like, you know, three paragraphs down I need to return to the sofa. So I'm like, okay, I have to keep going with this sofa thing. So <laughs> Nikki, thank you so much for doing this. I really appreciated having you. It was really fun to have you here. Oh, it was my pleasure. I can't wait to actually listen to to some of these episodes with other authors because I'd love to hear how other authors approach all of this stuff too. It's really great. It's been really fascinating because it's similar. It, it, everybody sort of pretty much approaches it fairly similar with like, but with tweaks, mm -hmm. with a lot of tweaks actually that have been really interesting to me, um, you know, for, as a, as a fellow writer to listen to. And, and, you know, I'm kind of like sitting here scribbling going, I'm stealing that idea. Yeah. Has, has, <laughs> has, uh, has listening to these, uh, having these conversations, has it changed the way that you think about intimacy in your scenes? Um, yeah, actually it has. Um, I think that in particular, um, I'm trying to be, uh, a little less, uh, sincere, shall we say, I guess. I mean, I don't know if that's, I don't think that that's the right word, but, um, I do think that it is a little too fantasy. Maybe I want it to be a little, I want to throw a little bit more realism into it than I think I have in the past in terms of um squishiness and sort of like <laughs> funny moments and weird sounds and you know like just those things that make it just a little bit like just add it'll, I feel like it'll just add an extra layer to it and make it a little bit 
a little bit more relatable, you know, and while being, but being able to keep the fantasy element there for readers, but just mm -hmm. make, maybe bring it down a little bit to make it more relatable. I think one of the most intimate things you can do in bed with somebody is laugh. I agree. Because it, it, you're open and vulnerable yeah. in, in a, in a way that you're usually you're laughing at each other or at yourself. Yeah. And yeah. that's, that's a choice that you're making, right? It's, yeah. it's, um, not even a choice. It's, it's, uh, completely instinctive. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So yeah, so I have, I've definitely been learning and I'm sort of like, okay, I need to implement this in the next book. So yeah, it's been very cool. You, you're going to make me think about it more next time I write a scene too. I'll have to sort of stop and think, what am I, what am I actually am I doing here? What am I trying to do? Well, you know what, as you're doing that, if you have a new book coming out and you want to talk about those scenes, give me a holler. I'd love to have you back. Oh, I will definitely consider that. I'd Fantastic. love to. Cool. All right, Nikki, thank you so much. Thank you. Bye. Bye. I hope you enjoyed the episode. Sign up to get email alerts when a new one goes live at lgreco.rocks. And don't forget to five-star us on Apple or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Thanks for listening. See you next time.